comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Hi, my name's Joe Messon. I'm a lawyer, and I'm also a big football fan. I'm a 25-year Eagles season ticket holder, and there's a new post-game show in town. Welcome to the live post-game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, John McMullen, and the best right tackle in football, Lane Johnson. officially starting off with a beautiful 32-6 to victory. And not only their era starting off, but a new era right here in Eagles Live postgame shows with the live postgame show with yours truly, Mark Farzetta, the incredible, the, the veteran reporter himself, Derek Gunn, and the awesome Devin Caney will be joining you all season long as we cover all things Eagles on the live postgame show. John McMullen will be joining us live from the stadium, and so will Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson to break down everything that happened in the game this afternoon. If I can't think of a better way to start out the Nick Sirianni era, uh, D-Gun, than with a blowout victory over the Atlanta Falcons. His offense looked crisp throughout the game. We'll talk about the defensive line struggles up until the second half of this game, but certainly this is the way you want to start off a brand new era of Eagles football, Gunner. I mean, it was just the way they drew it up, right? We all expected just a lopsided blowout. You know, they had us a little bit concerned early on. Um, you know, the Falcons offense had the Eagles defense on its heels. I think the Falcons ran 29 plays in their first two offensive series. But the, the key there was the Eagles kept them out of the end zone. They held them the threes in, instead of sevens. And that was huge because the Eagles went right back down the field and immediately took the lead and never looked back after that. So kudos to Nick Sirianni, Jonathan Gannon, uh, the entire coaching staff. Um, they did an incredible job. As we know, the first few series in a game is the feeling out process between teams. And that's exactly what we saw. An abundance of penalties, something like 28 penalties combined by both teams in the first half. So a lot of sloppiness, a lot of cleaning up. But more importantly, once the Eagles figured out what they wanted to do on both sides of the football, it became a lopsided affair from there. No question about it. I was certainly impressed with not just the athleticism, because we all knew Jalen Hurts had that. We saw him make smart plays last year. But really, Devin, what stuck out to me in this game when it came to the Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts is smarts. What he did between the ears is so many different plays. He felt the pressure. He got rid of the football. He felt the pressure. He scrambled. There was one play in particular. I believe it was in the second quarter where he was scrambling to his right. He would have let up a sack on a fourth down play that would have been around midfield for the Atlanta Falcons to take over. Instead, he evaded the pressure, got to the sideline, and threw the football away. It was those types of plays that made me think, 
this is only his fifth career start, right? Because he certainly looks like a guy who's made a lot more than five career starts. Oh, absolutely. He looked like a veteran. He looked like the leader that all of his teammates have said that he is throughout this debate of who should be the quarterback one for the Eagles. And what really I think stood out to me about him, aside from the amazing play that we saw from him today was just how cool, calm and collected he seemed. Mm -hmm. He never seemed frazzled. Even if something went wrong, he was just even keel. And I think that really makes a player stand out as a leader on a team. Um, and then of course his connections with Devonte Smith did not disappoint. That will never get old. Certainly not. And Gunner watching him play here, here he is by the numbers 27 for 35, 264 yards, Three touchdowns in case mm -hmm. you know it was a blowout mm -hmm. for you, and maybe you didn't watch the final couple of minutes. There's a beautiful play to Jalen Rager to end their scoring on the day. Well, they had a field goal following that as well for the 32nd uh, points of the game, if you will. But again, 27 to 35, Gunner. He exceeded my expectations today, played far better than I really expected him to play in game one, especially only playing two series in the preseason. And I think that's def uh, definitely attributed to Nick Sirianni playing to his strengths. The entire game. You know, we talked about this all off summer uh, during the summer training camp leading up to the first game of the season. How would this young man handle so much pressure that has been hovering over him all off season? All the rumors about them trying to go out and get a quarterback. Uh, then they bring in another quarterback. Is he ready to take control? Does he have enough game experience under his belt? Is he Nick Sirianni's off? Uh, is he Nick Sirianni's quarterback or is he just a quarterback for now? You know, I think Jalen Hurts got off to an incredible start in terms of showing his organization and other people around the league that, yes, I am capable and talented enough to be a frontline quarterback in the National Football League. Now, granted, it's only one game, and it's against an Atlanta Falcons team that's trying to find its way, just like the Eagles. But what an incredible performance, because as you guys were just talking about a moment ago, um, when you look at Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, um, here's a guy who's well-known for wanting to bring blitzes from everywhere. Number one, the offensive line did an incredible job of picking up the blitzes and the running backs as well. Miles Sanders, uh, Kenneth Gainwell did an incredible job picking up the blitzes. And when they didn't, when they, when the Falcons tried to bring the odd man pressure against uh, Jalen Hurts, what an incredible job he did of sidestepping the pressure, stepping up in the pressure, or taking off and running. And I love how Sirianni kept the Falcons' defense off guard when he just he called design running plays for Jalen Hurts as well. You know, use every attribute this young man has. He may not have the greatest arm, but he has an accurate arm. He may, he can get the ball deep when he has to. He may not have the strongest arm of the National Football League. Uh, he may not be the the best overall gifted quarterback in the National Football League. But for this particular offense, he's exactly what Nick Sirianni needs in his offense right now. A mobile quarterback who can run these RPOs and keep a defense guessing. And, man, he ran it to perfection today. Took a little while to get it, get it going, get the rhythm. But once he did, man, did he run it to perfection. He really did. And I think we finally got to see what we were wanting to see from Nick Sirianni in terms of what type of it, what type of offense he's really going to run. Because, Gunnar, you and I were talking about this last Friday. Yeah. When it comes to Nick Sirianni, we have never had less information. Even with the Andy right. Reid era, right. we've never had less information right. going into a season. Chip Kelly, we knew what he was going to do from Oregon. Uh, we knew what Doug Peters was going to do. It was going to be basically Andy Reid 2.0 West Coast offense. And we saw a lot of that. When yeah. it came to what we saw from Andy Reid, we knew West Coast offense as well coming from Paul Holmgren. 
this is the type of thing right now. Or Mike Holgram, excuse me. This is the type of thing we wanted to see from Nick Sirianni. There were a lot of different options, offensively speaking. It was everything but vanilla. They had exotic packages going in there with the formations that they had throughout this yeah. game. They yeah. had uh, two tight end sets, plenty of them, until Zach Ertz got hurt for a t- for a little bit with the hamstring. You also saw a lot of plays to Devontae Smith as this game went on and different uh, runs out of the backfield as well. It was a wide variety of ways to hurt a defense, and that's what I was really hoping I would see from Nick Sirianni because how many how many times through the end of Andy Reid, through uh, Chip Kelly, and even with Doug Peterson did we talk, to, talk about predictability? In mm. this game, I didn't feel like the Eagles offense had a lot of predictability. It was a very, very strong first impression from Nick Sirianni and his offense. Well, you know, you look at how he came out of the gate. You know, he throws a bubble screen to Quez Watkins on one side, comes right back, throws another bubble screen to Quez Watkins on the other side. The first three plays of the game were to Quez Watkins. You know, and then after that, that's when he started utilizing all of his assets. Beautiful touchdown throw uh, to Devontae Smith. Uh, to get him acclimated to the National Football League. His first catch uh, ends up being a touchdown in the National Football League. And then once they got the intermediate passing game uh, going, uh, that opened up the run game. And, of course, by the second half, the offensive line simply dominated. And then the defensive line began to dominate. You know, Atlanta likes to play more of a smallish type uh, scheme when it comes to defensive linemen. They want the smaller, quick linemen. Well, that can be an asset. It can also be a liability because when you're playing against tackle-to-tackle, uh, tackle, much bigger offensive linemen, uh, line, especially when they're agile and mobile like this Eagles offensive line. As we saw, the Eagles, once they asserted themselves in the trenches, it allowed Jalen Hurts, the running game, the passing game, to do a lot more. And you can tell by the end of the, uh, by, by the midway of the fourth quarter, that Falcons defense was dog-tired the way the Eagles, uh, was, uh, the Eagles were controlling the offensive line of scrimmage. I, I love it. Devin, do you, do you remember that Nick Sirianni introductory press conference? Because it's really starting to seem like a very, very distant memory to me. Because the guy played, oh, yeah. uh, he coached a very confident football game as well. Two fourth down attempts uh, at conversions there. They didn't work out. I won't say they were the best play calls for those fourth downs, but still went for it on two separate occasions on fourth down. Some questionable calls there. But still, this was a guy that played, I thought, he called a very confident game and... On top of all that, called plays that I thought very much fitted the talent, that fit the talent that he had out there on the football field. A hundred percent. And I remember, you know, you kind of mentioned Nick Sirianni being in his element when he's coaching. And I think we definitely saw that today. I mean, we truly had no idea what to expect. It was kind of a judgment day, like no no precedent from the coaching staff. This team feels like an entirely new team in a good way. Um, and I actually post this question on Twitter because there were a lot of surprises, good surprises today, today in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to know what everyone thought was the biggest. And aside from uh, the our punter kind of standing out, which also was a surprise, everyone said the coaching staff and the play calling. Everyone was mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised, I think. Uh, based on, you know, you mentioned Nick Sirianni's press conferences. He can be a little bit nervous when he's in front of the media. Sometimes people didn't know how he'd perform under pressure. And I'm, for one, I'm extremely happy with his play calling and just the way that he also seemed to emulate that cool, calm collectedness that I mentioned about Jalen Hurts. It's funny you mentioned uh, Nick Sirianni from from April to, to now. Take this into consideration. Here's a guy who comes from a medium-sized market like Indianapolis where you might have 15, 25 various media members in your face. And even though a lot of this was uh, uh, by way of of video, you come to a market like Philadelphia where you have 50, 60, 70 people 
coming at you from all different directions. You've never been a head coach before in the National Football League. I guarantee you, before he stepped to that podium back in April, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, the PR staff, sat down with him and groomed him because it was a tense situation back then. They had just lost the franchise quarterback recently. You just surprisingly lost your head coach that had won you your first ever Super Bowl. So it was an incredible transition period. And you didn't want the new coach to come out of the gate and say something that could come back to haunt him later. So I I'm, I'm, I'm guarantee you he was guarded in a lot of his statements. And even as we move forward now, he's still guarded in some ways um, because, you know, you're in a city, as you guys know, if you get one little sliver of information and it's said the wrong way or put out there the wrong way, all of a sudden it catches on like wildfire and it's told 20 different ways from the actual truth. So, But he has loosened up. We start to see his personality a little bit more. He's wearing the T-shirts and practices of his players. You know, he, he players that I've talked to have said he's become this player's coach. And they like that breath of fresh air about him, this new aura that he brings about him. And obviously, they love this new uh, aura of defense, of their, uh, an offense that they're playing right now because it worked well against the Atlanta Falcons today. Uh, it certainly did. And and real quick, before we talk to uh, Lane Johnson, who's going to be joining us coming up a little bit later in the show, as he will after every single Eagles game throughout this season, he'll be joining the live post-game show right here. I do want to tell you, this is presented exclusively by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go Birds. Ocean Casino Resort. You mentioned the defense. Devin, you also asked, you know, who was really jumping out to you, who was impressing, and people talking about the coaching staff. Well, Gunnar, on your note, talking about the defense, mm -hmm. I was concerned in the first half of this football game. Right. 100 right. yards on the ground, this right. defensive line that was supposed to be the strong suit of this defense seemed to be failing ep yeah. epically. There was one person that stuck out to me on a positive note, but in general – how many times did you see little cutback runs by Evans in this game, for instance, that were was cutting back into the middle of the field and gaining mm -hmm. 20 yards per clip? That's what it seemed like throughout this game. And it was consistently. We were looking at this defensive line going into it with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, and all that, and constantly they were getting blown off the football. And constantly yep. you saw Jonathan Gannon on top of that call schemes where you only had three down linemen. What happened to the four? I know it wasn't supposed to be a strict 4-3 defense, right, but right. that was a little extreme for my liking what we saw in that first half. Well, earlier in the week, Brandon Graham on my Gun on One podcast had told me when I asked him, I said, how many plays normally does it take you to figure out what the opposition is doing? He said normally 15, 20 plays. Well, obviously it took a little bit longer than that this time around. Um, they were on their heels and they were getting gouged in a running game. You're right, Atlanta had over 100 yards rushing in the first half, but look what they finished with, a buck 24 total. So Jonathan Gannon and his guys made the adjustments. They had better gap control. The linebackers came up and filled, came up and filled the gaps a lot better. Even the secondary came down in the box and helped fill the gaps a lot better and basically made Atlanta one-dimensional. And if Atlanta couldn't run the football, obviously they didn't have enough explosive weapons to exploit the Eagles on the back end in the passing game. So kudos to Jonathan Gannon and that crew for making the necessary adjustments. Uh, because once they made Atlanta one-dimensional, they had Atlanta right where they wanted them. You know, Matt Ryan is not a mobile quarterback. We all know that. And once they took that run game from him, he was a sitting target. They could lay back on the pass. The, 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 the front four guys were getting enough pressure and keeping uh, Matt Ryan in a corral long enough to where you could drop more guys in the coverage. And there was very few lanes for them. If you looked at a lot of passes that Matt Ryan was throwing, he was throwing a lot of out routes. Why? Because there was nothing open in the middle of the field. There was nothing open deep down the sidelines because everything was blanketed because the Eagles were able to have extra men in coverage.
It was really unreal, the the night and day performance from the first half and the second half with how this Eagles defensive line played. But there's one person I want to talk about that I thought on the defensive line played a complete fourth, four quarters, right? Yeah. Javon Hargrave, a number of occasions on this team. When we were just talking about Mike Davis, for instance, with his big gain in the first half and the multiple big gains that he had. Right. One guy that really stuck out to me was Javon Hargrave, simply because you even get down to that fourth and goal situation, or excuse me, third and goal situation where they ended up settling for three points. Right. The play was later broken up by Derek Barnett uh, on the outside. The guy that put the center on roller skates was Javon Hargrave, who played the nose tackle in that situation, which I thought was interesting, again, in a goal line type of play. But they went with it, and it ended up working. He got the pressure on Matt Ryan, forced the pass earlier uh, in the series there to Mike – or in the play, mm -hmm. rather, to Mike Davis, and they were able to break up that play. Hargrave played phenomenal, I thought, through four quarters. And when you look at the entire defensive line, right. I think that's the one guy you could say played a solid full game. Not a solid second half, but a solid full game. He played the type of game today that we were expecting to see from him a year ago, the type of game that we were expecting to see from him when he played with the Steelers. He is a great penetrator. When he's healthy, uh, he is great at collapsing the interior offensive line and being a disruptive factor. When you can get two D tackles like a Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave who can get pushed like that back up the middle, it affects the running game, obviously, but more importantly, it can affect the timing of the passing game. When your offensive linemen are moving backwards instead of forwards back into the quarterback's uh, line of view and also forcing the quarterback to step off of his spot where he wants to make certain throws. Those are all disruptive, disruptive plays that play to the strength of a defense. And we got to see that from Javon Hargrave in this game today. And hopefully this is just a small sample of things to come, keeping him healthy, keeping Fletcher Cox healthy, because if that is the case, this Eagles defensive front is going to be formidable all season long. They won't have to do a lot of blitzing. If they can get that consistent pressure from just the four guys up front, it gives the back seven a lot of opportunities to play a lot of different games, to uh, generate a lot of different disguises and try to fool a lot of quarterbacks they're going to face. If I was be looking at this one game expecting to see one thing from the defense, it was going to be a couple of blitzes. Right. I don't think Devin Gunner, did you guys see a lot of blitzes? I just saw everybody depending on again the old front four, which is what Jim Johnson was criticized. Excuse me, Jim Schwartz was criticized a lot throughout you know his tenure here in Philadelphia. I saw them again just relying on the defensive line, especially really throughout the game. I didn't see any overly aggressive right, right. defensive scheme to try to do anything. The only adjustment that I that we all saw was stacking the box with eight guys mm -hmm. consistently in that second half. Well, I want to know, because you mentioned Hargrave stood out in a good way, but on the other end of the spectrum, especially in that first quarter, uh, Avante Maddox wasn't playing his best. Eric Wilson wasn't playing his best. So I just, I want to get, Deegan, I'll ask you this. Uh, yeah. Are you, is this concerning at all to you, you know, moving forward? Because, yeah, they eventually got it together, but we were also mm -hmm. playing the Falcons, not to discredit that win at all. But um, I don't know if I have a lot of faith in, in what I saw, especially from Avante Maddox. I think when you when you talk about an Avante Maddox, uh, here's a kid who's going to give you 100% every time he steps out on the football field. And he is a good cover guy. His only real negative is he's shorter than most guys he's going to cover. He's only about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, right. with yeah. his cleats on. And when you're going up against the tight ends and, and wide receivers who are 6'2", 6'3", you're already at a disadvantage. But he's fearless in terms of being a competitor. And I think that helps him in terms of uh, enhancing his confidence. You know, he's going to win his battles. He's going to lose his battles. You're just going to have to take it with a grain of salt. Unless somebody taller 
emerges on that Eagles roster that can give them that height that they can combat. And let's face it, there are a number of DBs, you know, both safeties and cornerbacks in the National Football League that are in that 5, 10, or 5, 11 range. It's about technique and desire. Now, you know, uh, he has that uh, – Avante has that, that desire. He has the technique. He's just going to have to win as many battles as he can. He's going to get called with a few pass interference calls, and he's going to win his share of battles as well. It's just the nature of, of what he – his God-given talent that he was given. All right, when we come back, uh, great question, great answer, Gunner, right there. When we come back here on Live Post Game Show, we're going to take a look at one more member of that Eagles defense that definitely stood out in today's game, seems to always be around uh, the football. We'll, we'll have more when we come back here on Live Post Game Show with Mark Farzetta, uh, Devin Caney, and D. Gunn. Coming up right now. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy sh- Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your- You betcha. But is it made out of- Glass? Okay, but is the rip- Smooth? Will you stop doing- That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Welcome back to live post-game show presented by Stateside Vodka. See the scroll below, ladies and gentlemen. Use the promo code postgame for $5 off. That's promo code postgame for $5 off a one-liter bottle. Go to statesidevodka.com. Uh, I am just being told right now, we'll get to the more on defense in a second, but I'm being told right now we're going to be joined by Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson. He'll be joining us after each and every game. Uh, Lane, appreciate you jumping on with us. Congratulations on starting out the Nick Sirianni era and your season with a victory. Yeah, it's always uh, tough to win this league. Uh, you know, we came down here a few years ago. Top I don't know if I remember Julio Jones who won the last second touchdown. with a kind of a bad taste in the house. So, uh, good first win. Uh, I thought we did some good things, some bad things, but uh, overall uh, finished well. Hey Lane, hey, Lane, I'm sorry. I got to ask you this real quick. Uh, you had what a couple of uh, holding calls on you. Was that as a result of you trying to cheat a little bit, or not knowing exactly where Jalen Hurts was scrambling around back there? I don't know, Dion. All I know is the guy was locked up. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly, yeah, it, it, it <laughs> certainly looked like it. You had it locked up. There was one sack that unfortunately happened. Uh, Later in the game, where it seemed like the uh, defensive end did an entire loop around the uh, backside of the football field to try to get after Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I got to go back and look at the film. Um, I don't remember getting beat clean uh, for most part. I think guys got strapped up pretty good. Um, so I had to go back and look at that. Mm. Overall, do you think you got it? You guys played a, a very similar game to the game plan that Nick Sirianni installed or were there a couple of things that you guys feel like you left on the field no you know early on we didn't even uh you know touch a variety of the stuff that we had planned this week and in the second half we started doing a little bit more with it um when we needed to but really i thought we executed um you know well when we had to uh second half there was times we could have made it a little bit uh, easier for ourselves um but first game go back and look at it and get ready for san fran um who, who's, who's a good team Hey, hey, Lane, can you take us back to last night for a moment? Um, I heard that when uh, Nick Sirianni had his team meeting, that he got very emotional in that team meeting and basically just told you guys to go out there, be dogs, and have fun. Can you enlighten us as to what that team meeting was like? Because a few players have said that was unlike any team meeting I've ever been a part of. Yeah, he just, uh, you know, he showed some clips of some some players. He showed, he showed a clip of himself uh, playing basketball. Back in high school, and maybe mm. going his way, and then persevering, and ended up end up playing the same team again and winning. And then, uh, you know, at the end, he um, you know told everybody to break down, just go around and shake everybody's hand. So that's pretty much what we did for about five, ten minutes, going around just dabbing everybody up, coaches, players, everybody, and uh, said, "Man, this is a team." So um, you know, it, it was a cool moment, and uh, yeah, it, it was unlike you know some some of the meetings I've had before. Wow. Wayne, you say that, you know, you did some good things, did some things that need work. Last time we talked to you, it was after that second preseason game. You said that you had to be better. The team had to be better, even though it was just a preseason game. Um, were there any noticeable changes that you guys put into effect in this game today? Uh, really, I mean, this goes down to execution. I mean, we, we wanted to run the ball effectively and uh, you know do some stuff with some of our RPO packages. And uh, we did that, and I feel like we were able to – you know, control the tempo and the pace of the game for the majority of it. I felt like we could have been uh, a little bit cleaner there in, in the end, you know, third, fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Finished up a little bit better. But, you know, it's first game. We'll go back and look and, and got to keep climbing. 
some of the people, myself included, will go back to the preseason and say, well, maybe they should play a little bit more on the preseason. Do you feel like it would have been a cleaner open to the rest of this? I mean, look, you guys won 32 to six. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> nitpicking here. But when it comes to just overall offensive line play, defensive line play, even even for the veterans to get a couple more reps in the preseason, that's something that you would have preferred or were you good where you guys ended it? Uh, really, in the second one, we were expected to play more, um, and we didn't, um, you know, Joe, I guess Jalen went out that game, and so we set out. But as far as the uh, the practices, uh, we tried to treat it like a game. So when we went to the Jets, it was pretty much, you know, even though we didn't play that third preseason game, it was really two games, three games in a row uh, before that game was held. And then um, last week, um, you know, before the game week started, mm-hmm. treated it like a game. I mean, so far as getting the – the reps in, uh, that was, that was the goal and, uh, you know, try to get in, in decent shape for the first game. I, I want to ask you about your line mate, Jordan Malata. How does he go from three years ago, not even knowing how to put a helmet on to play the game of football to now commanding a multi-year contract with over $40 million guaranteed. I had said on a radio show earlier today, as good as Jeff Stoutland coached him up, a lot of it had to do with guys like Jason Peters, yourself, Brandon Brooks. And you had told me time and time again how you guys are taking him aside and try to help him out with the little things. How does it – I mean, you're talking about a rags the riches story. This guy is it right here. Yeah, I mean, really, it's, it's a collaborative effort. I mean, obviously, when, when the guy comes in, you see his size and, and you know, stuff that you can't coach. You just want to gradually and – increase him and get better. And that's what he did. You know, the first two years really learning for him, trying to learn the basics of football. And that was his first time, you know, playing football ever. And you're in the NFL with, with, you know, the highest of the highest. So without playing college ball and playing rugby and now you see what he's doing, it's unbelievable. It Mm -hmm. really is. And it couldn't happen to a better guy. I mean, Jordan's salt to the earth, um, you know, couldn't be a better teammate and and deserves everything he's getting. Mm. Lane, I know that you have been bothered by injuries in past seasons. Um, and I saw that you mentioned this season is one of the first where you do feel completely healthy. I think uh, I saw the injury report before this game, and it looked like the shortest injury report I'd seen in years from the Eagles. Yeah. So how much does that affect not only your game, but the team as a whole, just knowing that you guys are healthy, uh, or at least a majority of the team is healthy? Yeah, I mean, when you have the same players um, running plays day in, day out, having that continuity, having that rhythm, I mean, it shows on game day. So that's something that we hadn't had in the past, you know, few seasons, guys getting dinged up, new rotations. Uh, was it 13, 14 different combinations last yeah. year? So, yeah, I mean, you can see the result. And usually good teams um, that, that are rolling and doing good things, really the continuity uh, of the guys staying together is key. Uh, I do want to ask you about the two fourth down attempts. Just what did you see happen on those? One was the Jalen Hurd said to roll deep to his or far to his right. The other just seemed like a play that, that got stuffed. What did you guys see on those uh, fourth down attempts? I guess, I guess we didn't convert. I mean, we really, <laughs> coming, coming for me, uh, we got to go back and look at it. I know, I know we didn't convert and, you know, had an opportunity to, so. Uh, you know, moving forward, you know, that's, you know, it's going to be winning the game and losing the game. So something we got to correct. Hey, give me your thoughts on all the young guys who found the end zone today. Um, that's got to be an incredible confidence builder for not just the next game, but for the next three games that are coming up, really, when you think about it, San Francisco, Dallas, and Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, uh, young guys coming in, 
stepping up, playing well. I mean, it's really – when I see that, man, it makes the confidence of the, the older yep. – you know, because uh, it, just, it just makes it grow. And I, you can see it in their faces, uh, get a little taste of, of that success and, and, doing, and doing good things. So, something I, I want to build on, and I believe it mm-hmm. will – uh, just last one for you here, Landon. Again, we appreciate you joining us on the live post game show. Uh, just overall, Jalen Hurts' command of the huddle. It certainly looked like he was commanding on the football field. What was he like in the huddle? Cool, calm, collective. I mean, really, like every, every, you know, every time I talk to y'all, I mean, it's really, you yeah, change. I mean, really, his his demeanor, uh, everything stays really consistent, and that's that's what you need in a quarterback. And uh, you can see, uh, you know, having him back there, it mixes it up for the for the defense, the guy that can that can run. I can make plays with his legs. It uh, puts defenses in a, in a debacle. So he did a great job. Hey, man, you look like you're ready to take off for an MMA fight or something, man. I mean, <laughs> you, already, you already had a three-hour fight, man. It's time to chill out, brother. Yeah, I'm chilling out. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in the back room where, where, the, where the music ain't playing. So, yeah, we, got some, we got some loud music with maybe some, some bad words, so I had to get out yeah. there. See, he's media savvy. When I text him, I said, make sure you outside that locker room yeah. so we don't see any extraneous stuff in the locker room. We, yeah. we don't need to see that. We don't want to see that. Because then we'll be getting a call from the PR staff that Lane Johnson can't be on the live postgame show anymore because of what you guys are showing. Yeah. So I appreciate you getting the heck out of that locker room, man. Thank you. Veteran move. Th- Lane, thanks so much for joining us on the uh, live postgame show, my friend. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank All you. right, Lane. Safe travels, brother. All veteran, hey, all the hey. time. All veteran, all the see, time. He wasn't in a car driving yeah, an Uber yeah. for the rookies. In system. the dark. And let me tell you something. I've seen some strange things happen in a locker room. I've seen, you know, by accident, cameras uh, in positions they're not supposed to be in and accidentally making airwaves. And I talked to Lane. I'm going to tell you for the third time, get out of the locker room before you latch on and join us because I don't any, want any repercussions from mm-hmm. this from the Eagles organization. Mm-hmm. No, hey, again, the guy just knows what he's doing. He just knows what he's doing. I do want to remind people that the uh, live postgame show is presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go, Birds. Uh, Make sure sure you do that. And one thing I will say about Lane Johnson, while we're interviewing after a game like this, it was very few negative things to ask him about. You know, you got to ask about the fourth downs. You got to ask about, you know, some of the mistakes that were made in the first half in particular and some of the things that they needed to clean up. But overall... The positivity out of this game. I mean, going into it, Gunner, with your question regarding Nick Sirianni, some of these guys getting emotional, him getting emotional in their first uh, pregame meeting, essentially, or night before the game meeting. Right. It it really seems like this team is uh, is clicking on all cylinders as far as the camaraderie and the chemistry could be going into a season like this. When you have as much newness, uh, as much as much youth on this team as the Eagles do. Um, you, you go in wondering, is it going to all come together right away? You know, you, you look at the abundance of penalties. Okay, those will take care of themselves. They'll clean that up uh, moving forward. But it came together a lot better than anybody could have anticipated. I mean, the first drive down the field, Eagles score a touchdown. You know, once the Falcons take a 3 nothing lead, Eagles answer right back, and it's a young quarterback throwing to a young wide receiver. And then another young wide receiver gets a touchdown, and a young running back gets a touchdown, so on and so forth. And that puts everybody at ease. You know, the, the atmosphere and the camaraderie is a whole lot better on the sideline when things are going positive more so than negative. And that's not just in football. That's in any sport. I don't have to tell you guys that. But the way it, it, it just ended, the way it kept getting better and better, it wasn't jagged. 
it just kept getting better and better. Started off a little slow, then it built up momentum. You know, they cool off at halftime. You're thinking, okay, both teams are going to adjust. Let's see, point, counterpoint, back and forth in the second half. There was no point, counterpoint. The Eagles made all the strategic moves on both sides of the football. The Atlanta Falcons did not. The end result was a lopsided win for the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Again, to go back to everyone being on the same page, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts celebrating a touchdown together like that, I, I haven't been right. like that right. impressed with a coach and player celebrating since yeah. I think it was Deshaun Jack. No, it was LaShawn McCoy trying to do a uh, an air yeah. chest bump with Andy yeah. Reid. Andy Reid, yeah. yeah, yeah. And LaShawn <laughs> almost got knocked out of the stadium by Andy Reid. I remember that well. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I don't think we have to worry about that this time around. But then again, it goes, that goes back to what I was saying. You know, Nick Sirianni is, is the head man. The success or failure on this team uh, falls squarely on his shoulders. But he also showed that he's he can be one of the guys. You know what I'm saying? You know, back, you know, the old school coaches were, I'm the coach, you are the player. Here's that imaginary line. Don't cross it. And together we can do great things. Now, he's crossing that line back and forward. He's the boss, but he can also be one of the boys as well. And when things are going well, you know, being one of the boys feels a whole lot better than when there are things are not going so well for a team. But I also think that's why I know a lot of people were pleasantly surprised because, you know, clearly Nick has established that he's a great guy. He's all about chemistry. The players love him. But sometimes that doesn't translate over into good coaching or good play calling. So and sometimes it can actually do the opposite because he is younger. Uh, It seems like the players respect him, but also kind of view him as a friend. Um, and you just never know if that's going to actually translate into performing when you're in the game. Mm-hmm. So I was pleasantly surprised by that because, again, we truly had no idea uh, which way it was going to go before this game started. See, uh-huh. you, you, you had a coach. You had a coach in Doug Peterson who was in his early 50s. OK, mm-hmm. so he was an older coach, a more established coach. And when you have a bunch of established guys in your locker room, especially pro bowlers, you know, guys like uh, the Lane Johnsons, the, the Jason Kelsey's, um, you know, guys like that, Brandon Brooks, who are on the backside of their career. When a young guy comes in, you know, they're looking at you sideways a little bit because, they, OK, where did we get this guy from? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what, what qualifies him to be a head coach in the National Football League? So from Sirianni's perspective, what do I do to win these guys over? What do I do to make them understand? I understand where they're coming from. And that although I am the authoritative figure when push comes to shove, I can also be one of the boys. So it, it's a matter of finding a niche to fit in. And I, and I think he did that admirably from, from day one in terms of talking to the guys, getting to know them, not just as football players, but as people. And then obviously showing them what he wants to do with his offense, executing it in OTAs and minicamp, training camp, preseason game games, even though the regulars didn't play. And obviously it all built up to what we saw in this game today because what we saw today was simply phenomenal for a first game from a rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Gunner. And you mentioned the T-shirts before. It's something yeah. as subtle as that, right? Oh, or absolutely. It's- or, yeah. or it's learning the alma mater of, Lash- or I almost said LaShawn McCoy, Miles Sanders. Right. Right, he goes right. over there and starts saying the words to his alma mater during their right. first practice together. Right. And Miles right. Sanders looking at him like, how do you know that? And he goes, oh, man, come on. It's high school football. Who doesn't right. know high school right. football? A right. lot of people don't know high right. school football. But you, you love to see that kind of stuff. And, hey, look, if it's going to amount to wins like this throughout the yes. season, yes. 
Yes. Hey, I hope you know every alma mater of every player on this team. Nick Sirianni, uh, absolutely love to see that. When we come back a little bit later in the program, we're going to be joined by John McMullen. We'll also tell you that defensive player that I was talking about earlier that was always around the football yet again in today's game. And um, when did Devontae Smith exactly know that he was going to have a touchdown? We'll let you know when that was when we come back on live postgame show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Hi, this is Dom Giordano with a big question. Do you have a roadmap to navigate retirement income planning successfully? You do not get a do-over. And there are a lot of things to consider. Start with the question, when should I take Social Security? Then you have to think about, will my RMDs cause excessive taxation? Will I get Medicare surcharges? Should you consider a Roth conversion? Now, those are just some of the things that you have to consider. That's why to answer all these questions, I recommend Thrive Financial Services. These folks know how to put all these puzzle pieces together. They'll give you peace of mind, and then you can really enjoy retirement. So call my friends, David Bazaar and Brett Elam, and their team at Thrive Financial Services. Call them now, 215-874-0360. Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right, you could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. Welcome back, everybody. We are supported here, Jacob Media, on the YouTube channel, as well as 6abc.com. For those watching on 6abc.com, we appreciate you joining yours truly, Mark Farzett, along with Derek Gunn and Devin Caney. Lane Johnson just joined us. And, of course, we'll have John McMullen joining us from the stadium coming up in just a couple of minutes for further analysis of the Eagles' 32-6 victory over the Atlanta Falcons to open up the Jalen Hurts-Nick Sirianni era, if you will, in Philadelphia. So 1-0 for everyone, which you are, scoring at home. I do want to say that the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you don't want to miss it tomorrow. First Trust Bank brings it to you tomorrow morning. Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. 
That's what you got coming your way. Brought to you by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. The player I was thinking about, folks, when it comes to defense, he was a leading tackler last year. And always, whenever you look up at the screen, he seemed to be there again. Alex Singleton, eight sacks today, or excuse me, eight tackles today, mm -hmm. three of them solo. That's what you want to see from a guy that's playing the outside linebacker position, mostly under Jonathan Gannon, always has a knack for being around the football. And on this defense, especially in the first half, when the defensive line wasn't getting it done, you certainly saw it from a guy like Alex Singleton. That's what you want to see from a guy that was your leading tackler a year ago. Your backer has to come up and fill the gaps. He's got to drop back in coverage and take on the tight end and the running backs. And we saw a, a good sample of what Alex Singleton was capable of doing in the preseason. He did it consistently in the preseason, and it carried over to that uh, first game. And obviously, he was rewarded for being by being one of the captains named uh, for this game today. So Alex Singleton from last year to this year has really improved his game overall, his technique, his mindset, his focus. And that's exactly what you're going to need. You know, we've talked all offseason about how we thought the Eagles linebacking core would be the most suspect aspect uh, of this defense. Um, and we saw him play, and, and then they bring in an Eric Wilson as well, uh, a proven veteran, a, st a stabilizing force in that linebacking core, and that's a big help. And so if Alex Singleton, Singleton continues to do these things, it will help alleviate a lot of pressure off the back end of that defense. So kudos to that young man for uh, really uh, taking his offseason, improving himself physically, mentally, and he's applying all the techniques and method on, uh, methods on the field right now. You look at two of the best stories on this team right now. One is definitely Jordan Mailata, and, and Gunnar, right. you just asked Lane Johnson about right. him. Phenomenal story. And, Devin, it certainly came up even on the broadcast today where they're just – they, they talked to Jordan Mailata, and they said, Jordan, what about playing rugby? And he's like, I I'm kind of done with rugby, mate. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> now we're signing this $64 million deal, not too bad. But he and Alex Singleton seem to be the best stories on this team. And I'll tell you why. You look at Mailata, we know the history there. Mm -hmm. Alex Singleton was playing in the CFL a year ago, had a couple right. of different right. cups of coffee with a couple NFL teams, then finally mm -hmm. made for himself a name for himself here in Philadelphia. And then, hey, look. He wasn't the leading tackler today, per se, but he certainly was last year and seems to be showing a lot of the flashes that he showed last year as well. These are two really easy guys to root for in Singleton and Mylotta. Absolutely, and I, I, I think it was uh, at the start of last season, He, Alex Singleton wasn't even a starter, and now he's team captain. Just to see both of their journeys has been amazing, and they're also just seem like great guys off the field. I mean, Mylotta has the voice of an angel. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those videos of him singing, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. playing. It's not the guitar, but some kind of instrument. Yeah. yeah. A uh, man of many talents. I don't know if Alex is as musically inclined, but um, yeah, just lo love both of their journeys on this team. Now, I'll ask him. Next time I talk to him, I'll ask, hey, did you play any instruments there, buddy? Uh, I know, I yeah. Will, I will say the first time I ever interviewed Alex Singleton, he he was the first person, you know, when you talk to somebody new to Philadelphia, you say, you know, what's something you want to do in Philadelphia? And Gunner, you know this. You get the cheesesteaks, yeah. you know, yeah. rocky yeah. steps. I don't even know what's the art. Liberty Bell, yeah. Liberty Bell. <laughs> you know what Alex Singleton said? He goes, I want to go Eastern. I want to go to see Eastern State Penn. I heard that's pretty cool. Mm. Okay. And, and I was like, you've done your research. A little weird, but you've done yeah. your research. Yeah. Uh, not the, the typical I, answer, but okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Hey, it's not up and running anymore. I'm sure he wanted to go see it for Halloween or what have you. Um, how about this? Uh, Devin, you were saying, you were talking about some of the tweets you saw earlier. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky put this one out regarding Devontae Smith uh, going into his rookie game today. 
uh, comes out with his first touchdown and his total numbers uh, on the day. When you look at Devontae Smith, six receptions, 71 yards, one touchdown. I believe that's the most by a rookie in his first game since uh, Deshaun Jackson had his first game as an Eagle all those years ago. So he had himself a good game. But Jimmy Kemsky, according to him, after the game, he talked to Devontae Smith and he said, uh, when did you know that you were going to have your first touchdown? And according to Jimmy Kemsky's tweet, Devontae Smith re- responded by saying, when I saw it was man coverage. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'll be honest, oh Gunner, the minute you saw him have a step on the defensive back, I, I just thought, I thought yeah. touchdown, touchdown. You know, a, a lot of the success the receivers had today uh, was directly responsible for Jalen Hurts being able to sidestep a lot of pressure and buying the extra time. And the ability, obviously, these receivers and a quarterback are on the same page in terms of knowing when a scramble drill is on, this is what I'm supposed to do, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, you know, you, you, you look at Jalen Hurts, he didn't have any sacks today. He wasn't sacked today. And why? Well, he was, what, sacked one time, I believe it was. And why? Because of his ability to feel the pressure coming from his blind side, uh, the ability to sidestep and to step up and take off and run. And when you you have a quarterback that's putting that in the head of defenders, as soon as he steps up or steps to the side, it, it, whether you're on the outside, whether you're in the back end, in the middle of the defense, a, a defensive personnel will freeze for just a second to see what's going to happen. And when he freezes, a lot of times that's where you've got him because the receiver knows that he's got a, a, a chance to get open, whether it's in the middle of the field or down the sideline. And it worked extremely well for them uh, in this particular game. Uh, it certainly did. Uh, by the way, we're going to throw it now. We're going to go to Atlanta, who's from live from the stadium. John McMullen brought to us by Mesa Law and Associates, a tough lawyer for a tough town. John McMullen joins us live from Atlanta. John, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? It couldn't have gone much better. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just interviewed Lane Johnson a minute ago, and I'm like, okay, well, I still have to ask about the fourth down conversions. I had to ask about the preseason. We had to ask about Nick Sirianni's era start. But overall, it, it boils down to a 32-6 to six win. When you look at the first game with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, what's some of the first things that jumped out to you about this victory? Yeah, I mean, you have to nitpick to find uh, the negative stuff. And you mentioned the fourth downs, obviously a ton of penalties on both sides of the football, especially mm-hmm. the offensive line in the first half. And then the first two drives, I think, you know, the, the, the rushing, the run support was a little bit off. And you said, uh-oh, here we go, because they really struggled to defend the run in the preseason, if you remember. Eric Wilson comes in here with not the best reputation as a run defender. And all of a sudden, they stiffen up and uh, they hold Atlanta, which, let's face it, has a, a long history of struggling in the red zone. And that seems to have carried over with Arthur Smith. And that just sort of uh, buoyed the team. It sort of put gas in there. And once they stopped him and once they got a lead, you could say, okay, the Eagles are going to have an easy time with this. And i got to be honest, I did not expect them to have an easy time with this game. Uh, and you have to give Nick Sirianni credit because he, he played up the fact that he thought he had a com- competitive advantage early this season uh, by not showing anything. And he unleashed everything. And Atlanta was on their heels the entire day. They didn't know what was hitting them. They really didn't. Uh. Overall, just impressed with this uh, response that they had to Nick Sirianni because there were a lot of questions. There was a lot of doubt, John, in this game uh, going into it in the Nick Sirianni era in total. Jalen Hurts, was he the guy and all that? And those are still questions that we'll have a lot of answering you know, as the season goes on. 
but you really couldn't have had a better start to this era, especially with how well the offense played, how on the same page Jalen Hurts seemed to be with his rookie wide receiver, even though Jalen Hurts was only in his fifth career start. Nick Sirianni seemed to be called a very well-controlled game plan and highlighted a lot of the attributes that some of these guys have, and that's exactly what you want a good coach to do, coach to the talent on this football team. You see the uh, the plays to Quez Watkins. You see how he was using Miles Sanders. You saw how he was using Devontae Smith and his quickness. It really seemed like he coached to his talent today in his first game. Yeah, it really did. I, I think it showed really early in the game. We're all looking at each other. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is on the field. We're like, what is J.J. doing out there? And all of a sudden, it's a bubble screen. And what does J.J. do well? He, he blocks well. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, how I would describe Nick's game plan today is everything makes sense. Everything made sense. What he was trying to do, what he was trying to accomplish. And coming up last season, which was obviously a, a, a struggle, but, I mean, the Eagles were one of two teams with the New York Jets and Adam Gaze and all that negativity that wasn't able to score 30 points in any game during the season. Game one, week one, the Nick Sirianni era, they're 32. So how do you get there? Obviously, they were effective at times. Again, you can nitpick on the fourth downs. You can, you can say Jalen maybe flushes to his right a little bit too much instead of climbing in the pocket. But, I mean, I, you know, you can't be perfect, and this was as close to perfect as a debut as you can get. It really was. Hey, hey, John, did a Sirianni in his post-game press conference talk about the design run plays for Jalen Hurts? And if so, what did he say? Yeah, and Miles Sanders talked about that as well, and the fact that you know everything. Miles called everything a run play, basically. So I, you know, I've been talking about this for weeks, and we saw it in the joint practices, Derek, and, and this is going to be a very RPO-heavy offense. So essentially, yep. everything is on Jalen's plate. He's going to have options on each play. It's very college-like offense, I'm going to be honest. That's that's what it is. And if you think about the success Jalen Hurts has had, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, it makes sense to put him in that type of offense. And even Miles Sanders, where it becomes, I think, easier and I thought Miles, if you want to nitpick, missed a couple holes as well. So it could have been worse. So if you're looking at, you know, things as a head coach and Nick Sirianni's is probably going to watch this film and this is your best case scenario because you win, you win easily, you're relaxed, and you can also go back and say, look, guys, we got to work on this. we got to work on fourth downs. You missed a hole here. You did this wrong. Perfect scenario for a young head coach. John, earlier uh, in the show, we were talking about how the overall team reaction kind of seems to be pleasantly surprised at especially the play calling and coaching from all of the coaches, but especially Nick Sirianni. Um, As someone who's been around this team, you know, throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, uh, were you surprised? Because you've seen him, you know, more in action where when we watched him during the preseason games, I felt like he, Nick Sirianni was clearly still keeping his cards pretty close to his chest. Um, so are you as pleasantly surprised as everyone else at the outcome of this game? Yeah, I, I did not think, I, I was very pleasantly surprised, Devin. I, I did not think the Eagles were going to blow out the Falcons. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be a one-score game that could go either way, typical NFL game. Uh, big play in the fourth quarter would decide it. Uh, and I was thinking about the environment and this being the first post-pandemic game on the road and all that kind of stuff. None of it mattered because they had, 
And by the way, I want to give Jeffrey Lurie credit as well, because I think Arthur Smith, the other coach on the other sideline, he was the hot name in this coaching sort of uh, carousel this offseason. And Jeffrey obviously got a late start. To be honest, probably didn't have a chance at Arthur Smith, but he took his time and he got Nick Sirianni. Now, it's a very small sample size, but it looked really good today. So at least you got to give Jeffrey a little bit of credit today for going in the Nick Sirianni direction. But, yeah, I mean, I did not expect this. I did not expect this at all. I, I thought there was an opportunity, yeah, that Jalen Hurts would surprise some people because mm-hmm. he's so effective running the football, and I knew they were going to go RPO heavy. And I know sometimes NFL teams struggle with that when they see it for the first time. But I, I did not expect everything to be, be this good. I really didn't. Hey, hey, John, what did um, what did defensive players say about uh, the ability to make the transition from getting gouged early on to basically shutting down the Falcons' offense for the entire second half? Yeah, I think when it became a passing game for the Falcons, so I think getting that uh, uh, early lead and, mm-hmm. and when it was 7-6 and then moving uh, to where it was going to be a difficult uphill battle, and Arthur Smith couldn't rely on the running game anymore. Remember where he comes from in Tennessee and Derrick Henry. He's mm-hmm. a guy who doesn't like to abandon the run game. And once he had to, the Eagles were just teeing off. And you saw the interior rush, specifically Javon Hargrave, Hassan Ridgeway. Uh, you didn't even have to, You didn't even really need Fletcher Cox. But they were just dominating inside uh, and getting right in Matt Ryan's face. And there's just nothing they could do. Uh, so I think it was the early. The first two drives for Atlanta were really, really impressive. The first one was great, and it looked like Calvin Ridley was going to have this huge game, great route runner, and all of a sudden uh, they kind of uh, uh, lose it in the red zone as they typically do. And for whatever reason, coaches script plays early, and, and when Arthur Smith got away from that script, kind of forgot about Calvin Ridley. And it's just one all in the negative direction for the Falcons. So from their perspective, it's kind of the exact opposite of what we're talking about with the Eagles. It certainly seemed like it. Uh, when it comes to some of the other things, when you do get into the nitpicking with this team, again, we're very happy with the win and all that. When you do look at those two fourth down plays, when you do look at the penalties, some of the uh, things that need to be corrected, some things that need to be worked on going forward. I know when we last spoke, we talked about in the preseason, you wanted to see these guys play a couple of more snaps at least. Do you think the preseason led to some of these maybe less creative fourth down opportunities as well as penalties throughout the game? Yeah, I mean, there were 26, I think, accepted penalties. And I think it was 14 to 12, so it was pretty even. Um, I'm hoping that's one of those things where the NFL has their points of emphasis and they really do it. uh, They really go heavy on it in the preseason and maybe early in the regular season. Then it kind of scale back because it's no fun. Everybody sees those flags. Now, the offensive line, I mean, it was interesting because the offensive line was so good in what they normally do, and that's blocking. You saw one of those classic Jason Kelsey blocks where he, where he got outside and he blocked yeah. two people on one play. Uh, it, it's just almost a trademark of his at this point. But they had five penalties in the first half alone. You had uh, two false starts from Isaac. Jordan Mailata had a false start. I guess he was celebrating the big contract. Lane Johnson was downfield. Lane got caught for holding. 
So five penalties from the offensive line in the first half. I think they only had one in the second half. So they already started to clean it up. I'm hoping that's kind of a combination. Obviously, false starts are false starts, and that kind of stuff can't continue. And I I, I do think they'll clean it up. But, yeah, that part, you're, you're probably right, Mark, in that, you know, they didn't play a lot in the preseason. They didn't play a lot together. So maybe you're going to have some of that herky-jerky nature. Well, we, we do agree, though. The tackling has to be cleaned up. You know, you've got to clean up the tackling. Uh, it got better in the second half, but, but John, there's still a ways to go. And I, I think that, as you were talking about, that that's directly related to uh, not getting a lot of reps in training camp. Yeah, no question. I, I mean, again, especially in the first half, which is a lot sloppier than the second half, but I thought you saw a number of missed tackles, especially Atlanta had a, about 100 yards rushing, mm-hmm. and they were really uh, going up the middle of the field pretty much with the ease. Uh, you saw some missed tackles from Avante Maddox. So, yeah, that kind of stuff, maybe you do have that little two, three-week ramp-up period. You know, that old that saying in the NFL now is that September is the new August because nobody plays anybody in the preseason. Right. So I, I think you're going to see that around the league. You probably saw it in other games, and it'll sharpen up. But I do think just one, if you want to put one little asterisk of negativity, because people expect me to be, <laughs> they, they say I'm too negative. It's the fact that I, I'm worried about them in run support against better teams, against really good teams Mm -hmm. who could take advantage of that situation. I I don't know if these linebackers can hold up in in a really, really difficult environment. They're going to get a good test next week because the uh, next team they're facing is exactly the type of team you're talking about. Yeah, and and Sanford said, I mean, Trent Williams is probably still the best left tackle in football. Yeah. A couple of years ago when they went to the Super Bowl, they abandoned the passing game and just ran over Minnesota, ran over Green Bay yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. They almost won the Super Bowl running the football until they fell behind in the fourth quarter. So you're right, Derek. That's exactly yeah. the type of test, and it's going to be it's going to be a difficult test. Well, John, is the run defense something that, you know, having watched them go through training camp um, that Jonathan Gannon has focused on? I, I just curious if it was, you know, maybe just kind of getting the rust off in the first quarter of their first regular season game um, post pandemic, or if it is truly uh, something that we should be concerned about, you know, throughout the entire season. Well, I, I think you should be concerned for this reason, Devin, the fact that if you look at the assets that this team has put into the linebacker position, it's not great. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, Eric Wilson is a, a one-year prove-it player as a as a free agent who doesn't make a lot of money. Uh, T.J. Edwards is an undrafted free agent. Alex Singleton's an undrafted free agent. Uh, the biggest player they, they is Davion Taylor, who was a third-round pick, who obviously was inactive today. But they have not. There's no Devin Whites here. There's no. Forget about the old-school theory of a thumper like Jeremiah Trotter or somebody like that. They do not have that type mm-hmm. of player. Mm-hmm. T.J. Edwards would be as close as they have to it. And then you kind of piecemeal it. And I think Jonathan Gannon did that. He did a good job with it in the fact that he did a lot of rotating a linebacker, a, a lot more than I thought. You probably saw, uh, 
I saw TJ more than I thought I was going to see TJ. Patrick Johnson made a play. He was out there. Jannard Avery at Sam linebacker. So that's how he's going to have to he's going to have to do it this entire season is the fact that uh, they're not terribly talented at linebacker, say compared to the defensive line. So you got to kind of cobble it together. Let's talk yeah. about. Um, sorry, Mark. Uh, yeah, Rodney McLeod. I just want to. I just want to ask really quickly about Rodney McLeod because he's someone who we haven't seen play in quite some time. Um, but he was clear, didn't play this game. If and when he does get back in the game, how big of an impact do you think he'll have on the defense? I think he'll have a huge impact because uh, you know Marcus Epps started today and he got a concussion pretty early, so he was ruled out, and they had to go to Kayvon Wallace now. Uh, you know, obviously it didn't affect them today, but I think long-term uh, Rodney is such a leader, voted a captain on this team, and he can do more things. I, I You know, with Epps, he's more of a, a, a single high safety. He's more of a covered safety. So if you pair him with Anthony Harris, you've got to play a lot of cover two, a lot of mm -hmm. cover three. Kayvon Wallace is more of a box safety, so... Uh, you don't want him sort of matched up in coverage if, if you can if you can prevent it. So you have to do things a little bit more difficult. Uh, it, it makes things a little bit more difficult for JG. Whereas Rodney McLeod is, is a veteran player. He knows uh, what he's doing at the bare minimum. He's got a high football IQ. But you got to worry about the knee, obviously. He's still wearing a very, very bulky brace. Uh, and obviously we're about nine months and that was the key. It's a nine month injury. He's a little bit week one. I think he got hurt December 13th last year, surgery a couple days after. So he's a little bit before that nine month period. Uh, but the Eagles need him back and they need him back even more because we don't know where Marcus Epps is going to be for next week. You know, John, um, I was concerned going into this game that the Eagles didn't have that stout running back for like short yardage situations. Obviously, Jordan Howard's on their practice squad, but they decided to go with the three younger backs. Um, and obviously, they didn't need him in this in, in this situation in this, in this particular game. But um, as we continue to progress down the season, any concerns in your part? after what we've seen uh, Nick, uh, of Nick Sirianni's offense in this game, that they don't have that, that Clydesdale, so to speak, in the backfield. Yeah, I could see it in certain situations. And maybe you can elevate Jordan Howard if you think that you need that yeah. on a particular week. I, I think Jalen Hurts helps so much, the running backs, in that type of circumstance. Because, uh, you know, I, I go back to that. Derek, you probably remember that playoff game where it was San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick and Green oh, yeah. Bay had such a great team and what he was able to do to, to, to Clay Matthews and that yep. Packers defense. They're, they're, all of a sudden you take these false steps and you don't need that guy to run you. And you saw it with the Kenny Gainwell touchdown. Mm -hmm. Perfect example of that. Obviously, Kenny's an undersized guy. You don't think about running the football inside at the goal line, but it was successful. And I think a lot of that is related to Jalen Hurts and the threat he provides on that RPO and the fact that he can hold on to the football. And by the way, real quick, Devin, Mike K says hello, so he's trying. He's trying <laughs> to oh, hi, up. Mike. <laughs> hi. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, John, real quick, uh, before we let you go, I know we all know how these Mondays are going to go. 
They're going to be the people at work that are really excited, and then the people that try to play the fun police. What gets the John McMullen stamp of approval for things to get really excited about week one of the Nick Sirianni era? I mean, I'm the most negative guy on the planet. And that, this is, you cannot, my, my, I got the first question in Nick Sirianni, and I said, could this have gone any better? I mean, I, I don't know how it could have gone any better. Yeah. Unless you're talking about absolute perfection. It, 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 the offense had over 400 yards, 30, uh, 30 plus points, which they weren't able to do last year. Mm-hmm. The defense didn't give up a touchdown. Aaron Seapost was phenomenal. The special teams. What else do you want? Now that I have the the uh, the John McMullen stamp of approval, nothing. Sixteen more of these wins on the season. Uh, John, I can't thank you enough for joining us on live post game show. I know we got to let you run. Thanks for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, thanks, guys. Yep. <laughs> that John McMullen. What a cheerleader, right, guys? Jeez. Red oh sunshine. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. I thought I was bad. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, like, we get it all the time. Oh, we're being so wow. negative. Are we being negative or are we just kind of calling it like we see it? Exactly. This is a game to be excited about, I feel. Exactly. It is. You know how many more of these are going to come? Hopefully a lot more, but you don't. So take them when you get them. Exactly. Exactly. And let's, let's just put it this way. Uh, Eagles, I just want to break it down for people. The Eagles are 1-0. Yep. The Dallas Cowboys are 0-1. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Really, it couldn't have gone much better. When Washington you football me. team, 0-1. Oh, wow, there you go. They had their, their sewage pipes were breaking, apparently, at the field. You guys see that? <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, yeah, have, yeah. You seen, have you seen that dump of a stadium? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a bad omen in some form. <laughs> that stadium so is terrible. Cinder blocks aren't falling down from the rafters. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't forget, of course, live postgame shows exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go birds. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the rookies that were really shining today on the football field during the Eagles 32 to six victory over the Atlanta Falcons. That's when we return a live postgame show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. My name's Joe Messa. I'm a lawyer, and I'm also a big football fan. I'm a 25-year Eagles season ticket holder, and there's a new post-game show in town. Welcome to the live post-game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, John McMullen, and the best right tackle in football, Lane Johnson.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to live post-game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, John McMullen just joined us from the stadium. Lane Johnson before that from Atlanta on the Eagles' victory, opening up the season with a win. I want to get to a question that we asked to John just a minute ago about, like, what gets the stamp of approval for things to get excited about and what do we need to pump the brakes on? But before we do that, guys, Devin, I know you mentioned it earlier. Gunner, you did it as well. I want to highlight it a little yeah. bit more. When it comes to the rookies, including Nick Sirianni, by the way, as a rookie head coach, when it comes sure. to the rookies, Devontae Smith, Smith, most notably, there was not one guy really on the football team today that looked like they were inexperienced or in over their head. And by the way, it's not Jalen Hurts, not a rookie, but just his fifth career start. He looked like a guy that was in control, in command throughout. So when you think about guys like uh, like Devontae Smith, you think about guys uh, from the defensive side of the football as well. You think about Jonathan Gannon as defensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni as the head coach. Nobody, again, looked like they bit off more than they could chew today. No, and, and, you know, I know Devontae Smith is going to get a lot of accolades, and rightfully so, but I thought Kenneth Gainwell handled himself well in his first mm -hmm. professional football game. You know, he had a rushing touchdown. He had nine carries. 37 yards is not all that oppressive, but he was effective when he had to be. He didn't make any glaring mistakes. He didn't make any more mistakes than anybody else in the football team. And when I'm talking about mistakes, obviously it comes back down to cleaning up the penalties. Okay, but that, if, if that's all they have to do, and they're scoring 30-plus points. I'll take that every game. If you're going to score 30-plus points and you're still trying to clean up the mistakes you're making, I'll, I'll take that every chance you get. But I thought, you know, there was no pressure on him. He didn't have to come in here and be the man. He wasn't a highly touted first-round pick, so he wasn't like this running back. We got to see right now. Um, you know, he, he has some breathing room. You know, so I thought, you know, Sirianni did a great job of uh, implementing him in, in strategic situations letting him get his feet wet, and, of course, scoring a touchdown will be the highlight of his day. Hopefully, that's just the first of many more to come for him. Well, and it's a, a kind of a new thing to Eagles fans is seeing rookies just yeah. come out first game yeah. and be productive. You know, we aren't used to that. We're used to getting rookies from years ago who were still waiting to, yeah. to show up to the games. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, just to name one. But – I mean, if to me, it was just really refreshing to see, and it's Devontae Smith, obviously, incredible player uh, in college, has played with Jalen Hurts, so it's to be expected, but it still is pretty new for the Eagles. You know, it's yeah. funny. Yeah, the best thing that could happen for, uh, for Whiteside is Gainwell, Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, all playing well because no attention will be on him whatsoever. You know, he can go out there and be the special team player yeah. that he is. He can go out yeah. there and be the blocking receiver that he is. But no negative attention will be on him if all those other guys continue to shine. No, I was just looking at him tonight. We were just talking to John McMullen about all the positive stuff, no negative stuff. Yeah. J.J. Arthigo-Whiteside was on the field today, did nothing but positive things in the role he was in. If you tell me he's an undrafted free agent and not a second-round pick, we're all very right. happy with the right. fact right. that he held his block on the outside during a wide right. receiver screen and running right. back screens as well. And we're also happy with the fact that the special teamer, Gunner, as you say, Gunner, the, yeah. the, the defensive or the uh, special teamer of the year, whatever, almost blocks a punt today as well. Right, so it was nothing right. but positive things to look at from J.J. If J.J. or right. I think a white side is getting positive vibes, and right. you know it was a good opening week. That's right. Get off, J.J. Leave him alone. <laughs> you know, he's taking enough abuse from you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Po positivity only here. Clearly. Right. It'll be rays <laughs> he, of sunshine. He, he's taking enough abuse from you people. Leave him alone. The, the, uh, the uh, by the way, the defensive rookie that I blanked on uh, was Milton Williams. He just had a tackle in the game, but still, as the offensive line or the defensive line was struggling, right. 
really he was still playing uh, pretty significantly in terms of what he was be able to, being able to provide mm-hmm. on the defensive line. Now, back to that positivity, if I may just spring this question on you guys. And, and if I got to give you a second to think, I'll give you a second to think on this. Okay. When it comes, because I'm going to ask the positive and the negative side of this. When it comes to everyone around that water cooler or it comes to everybody on the Zoom meeting for the, the Monday morning meeting, whatever it might be after this game for everyone at work, what gives you the stamp of approval for excitement? What can you get excited about? I think we can all agree the number one person that yeah. I'm excited about is Jalen Hurts. I mean, he just looked like a guy. Like We said it all the time, not to invoke this name right now, but we said it all the time about Carson Wentz and his first season as a starter. Again, it was his rookie year. He didn't have even four starts under his belt already. But Jalen Hurts today looked like that guy that was the 10-year vet. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts today mm-hmm. looked like the guy that was in control, could feel the pressure, could evade that pressure, could throw the ball downfield, kept his eyes downfield. There was, I believe, a third and seven conversion that he dropped back, climbed the pocket. It was one of the rare occasions that he did, climbed the pocket and delivered a strike to Jalen Rager. I think it was Rager's first catch of the game, and he got the first down on that play. But you have seen that time, that play time and time again when Carson Wentz was here that there was an errant throw, a missed throw, where his eyes weren't downfield. He was feeling the pressure and reacting poorly to it. In this particular game, Jalen Hurts was a guy that stepped out and I thought played very, very well for exactly the way you wanted him to start this season off as the Eagles' number one guy, QB number one coming out of that room. After Jalen Hurts, who do you look at as a guy that says, oh, no, I'm buying this for the rest of the season? I'll let Devin go first. You know what I mean? We're both giving it to each other. You go. You go. Okay. Um, I can't just hone in on one player. To me, it's a collection of players. Again, when you have this much youth, you expect it to be jagged at times and consistent. I didn't see that. So you singled out Jalen Hurts. I'm going to say it is a combination of Devontae Smith, uh, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, who's still a young player, even though he's got a few years under his belt. It is a collection of players that I'm buying into right now. And again, granted, I'm taking it into consideration that it's still only one game in a long journey to get through this season. But with that collection of players, coupled with a quarterback who showed a lot of poise and a a high skill set and was a disruptive factor and frustrated a Falcons defense, I'm buying into the whole thing until further notice. The whole thing. That's it. See, all right. Well, um, Devin, he took the whole team. So I don't know. I don't know who's breaking the bone at this point. That's what she gets for letting me go first. That's her fault. (laughs) All right, noted. Roster. Noted. But I do have an addition. I mean, I guess it is technically included in the entire team. Um, I I agree with both of you. Can we talk about – I wrote his name down because I honestly had never heard it before many times. Aaron Sipas, Sipas uh, the punter, the Sipras, unsung yeah, yeah, yeah. hero yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of the game. Um, and that's what, you know, earlier in the show I mentioned, I asked everyone on Twitter, you know, what surprised you the most? And right. and so many people said, the punter, where did he come from? Why was he so amazing today? So hopefully he keeps that up. Um, he definitely deserves an honorable mention after Jalen Hurts and mm-hmm. the entire team. I was, I, I swear, Devin, I was hoping you'd say the punter. I was hoping you'd say the punter. Because Don't believe I, it. He's lying. He's not, lying, Devin. Uh, Auburn kid, what, born in, is he Australian? I think he might be Australian. Uh, and uh, he gets four punts today. Three of them are inside the 20. Two of yep. those are inside the 10-yard line today. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking, he, he reminds me a little bit of uh, the Donnie Donkey Leg Jones, if you remember mm-hmm. him. This kid oh, yeah. was picking it you, all over the Did you really field. say Donkey Leg? 
Donnie Donkey Lake Jones. That's it's. I think that's his baptismal name. Um, he is. Uh, he, he was absolutely bo uh, booting the football uh, for the Eagles today. And I'm like, am I really even getting excited about a punter today? Like, is that is that how today yes. is going to go? Yes. 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 Positivity. Yes. Today is Camelot. There's nothing you would say negative. We're, it's, we're living in Camelot today. Everything is perfect. The sun is shining. It There's feels warm good. weather outside. The birds are singing. The Eagles dominate the Falcons. I mean, what else do you want? It's the perfect storm. I would have won at least 50% on fourth down conversions. There you whatever. Go. Could I whatever, have... <laughs> you can't have it all, man. Yeah, I think we I think that's proof uh, proof yeah. in today. Yeah. Uh as far as the things that you're you're not buying necessarily. Things you're like, "Oh, okay, let me pump the brakes here for a second. Hmm. I'm going to I'm going to rain on everybody's parade right here." It was almost too good to be true from Devontae Smith. Can he be this good? Can he beat guys like this? Or is this going to be the thing, Gunner, where we all get excited, we all start waving the pom-poms, we all, oh, here we go, he's the greatest thing ever, and then we don't see him for, like, five weeks at a time? Like, is he this good? I know Heisman Trophy winner, he's got the, ped the, you know, the pedigree and all that, but can we buy this kind of performance consistently from a rookie just one game in? Don't tell me you're expecting him to be the second coming of Travis Fulgham. <laughs> you know, the guy's a hero for three weeks and all of a right. sudden he disappears. Uh, now, here, here's, here's what I'll tell you about Devontae. You know, coming out of college, he was billed as one of the top two, three wide receivers coming out in the draft. Um, his expertise was route running. He's not a blazer, but he's an expert in terms of route running. And when you talk about route running, um, people already want to compare him to the likes of a Devontae Adams in Green Bay. Devontae Adams is not a receiver that has this great straight-ahead speed, but why is he catching 14, 15 touchdown passes a season? Why is he averaging 12, 1,300 receiving yards? Watch him run routes and how he deceives uh, defenders against him. And you look at some of the routes that Devontae ran when you saw him on the replays and stuff. Now, part of that was attributed to – Jalen Hurts being able to buy time and, and setting up and Devontae wiggling free. But, you know, he's classified as this elite route runner. So I expect him to get his catches, to get his looks because of his ability to shed would-be defenders. That's what I think Devontae Smith adds to this offense. Certainly. Yeah, no, he definitely brings that to the table. I am excited about him. I was thrilled with today's performance. But if there's anyone I'm going to be just a little bit guarded with after week one, right. it's going to be him because he played so great today. So there you True. go. He's a, he's a victim of his own success in my mind right now. Uh, but don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to the next 16 games with him catching passes from Jalen Hurts, no doubt. Uh, talk about Let's talk about Jonathan Gannon real quick because we talked about his adjustments early on. And, Devin, I'll say this. If you are going to look at this defensive coordinator of this football team and say, man, they got blown off the football in the first half. Look at all the yards they allowed. Right, right. This was – and it was even cliche. Uh, our old friend Dave Zangaro, uh, Gunner, I was called out for having the same tweet as this guy on Twitter from our old friend Sarah Baker as well. Wow. We both said the same exact thing at the same exact time after the second uh, field goal drive for the uh, Falcons. Bend but don't break. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon seemed to do that throughout this game with the defense. And after the first half, obviously made the adjustments. So, you know, we talk about all the time with a quarterback. You always feel like you, you could be in it. You always feel like they'll make the adjustment. You always feel like you could be in it to win it. Jonathan Gannon, with that type of adjustment that he made from the first half to the second half, you right. feel like you could be in it as well. A consistent bend but don't break defense today. 
You know, oh, go ahead, Devin. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that's, you know, not a specific player, but going back to the positivity here just for a second. Um, another bright spot to me that I don't think a lot of people have mentioned is the Eagles' ability to make adjustments and not just Jonathan Gannon, but the entire team where that's not something that we've always seen from, from them, um, especially in recent seasons where defense, obviously really rocky at the start. They, they improved the penalties on O-line were really rocky in the first half. They fixed it kind of, they, they didn't totally fix it, but it was just right. seeing those changes right. throughout the game was uh, really refreshing to see. Um, sorry, D-Gun, you can go. No, ahead. no, no, you're I'm right. Sprinkle I'm, my I'm, positivity I'm, in. I could, I could, yeah, because Mr. Farzad over there is Mr. Negativity. I don't know, I'm pretty praise. He wants to bring up negativity he over here. Adjustments. I'm know. happy about that. No, no, I'm just teasing. No, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it can only, you hope it only gets better. As great as it was, you can only hope it gets better and, cons- and stays consistent. Because, you know, I think a lot of us on the outside looking in when this season started projected this team to be five, six, seven win team, you know. And I think we we still have some reservations about was it too perfect? Just how good can this team be? We're going to find that out in the next several weeks in particular. But I think this team, if they play like this, they have a chance of winning more games than they're losing. And because you have that extra game now and because an extra team gets into the playoffs, who knows what could possibly happen with this team? This team can do the unexpected. I don't think there's very many on the outside looking in who consider this a playoff team. But who knows? By the midway point, we could be talking about this team as a front runner and everybody else in the NFC East trying to play catch up to them. Yeah, and in the horrible NFC East, let's not forget, all you got to be is a good team. You don't have to be a great team. You just have to be slightly above average. And for the record, while I'm getting labeled Mr. Negative, I did pick him for nine. (laughs) I picked him for nine wins. I officially, I even tweeted it out, so it's in writing. Nine wins on the season. And it all started today. They got number one. Okay. All right. right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll revisit this moment at the end of the season. (laughs) I hope you're right. When we come back from this break, I'll have my full face paint on. Don't you worry. Uh, you're watching the live post-game show with Derek, uh, Devin Kane, and yours truly, Mark Farzetta. When we come back, we'll continue to break down the Eagles' first win of the season, opening things up in the Nick Sirianni era with a 1-0 and record. When we come back here on live post-game show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. 
so good it just disappears. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Welcome back to live post-game show. Mark Farzad, Eric on Devin Caney. Uh, thanks, everyone, joining us on the Jacob Media YouTube page as well as BigsABC.com. Live post-game show is presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go, Birds. Uh, you know, with all this positivity just floating around out there, one of the things I do want to get to here is uh, I can't remember the last time we felt this good about a season opener for the Eagles. Like, maybe the beginning of the Carson Wentz era, uh, especially like, even – the year they went to the Super Bowl, they had a scoop and score against Washington that ended up winning the game for them, but we still didn't have the expectations that that season ended with. I was thinking back to it, and you know what? I'm combining two teams that we've already touched on. One was Washington, uh, and then obviously the other is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the first half of football against the Washington football team with Chip Kelly running things here. As exciting as that offense was, this offense might not have been as exciting and up-tempo and all that, but in terms of efficiency, I'm very excited to see what this offense can give, and it all hinders, of course, it all hinges on whether or not the offensive line stays healthy. But this speed, when they did go up-tempo, this accuracy of the quarterback, the fact that you have two burners on the outside, possibly, and Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins, and then a guy that can get open for a 60-yard score on a 10-yard slant route in Devontae Smith, Right. I am really, I know. And by the way, you have two pretty good tight ends at the same time and a pretty decent backfield with uh, Miles Sanders. Man, if they could do this in week one against uh, the uh, Dean Pease of, uh, of the world uh, with uh, Atlanta, I can't wait to see what the next 16 uh, games bring. This, this fan base deserved this after what they went through last year with that abysmal season. Um, then, of course, they shocked the world and delete the franchise quarterback. They shocked the world and delete the coach who gave them a Super Bowl championship, and then you're wondering what they're going to do all off season. And then finally, when football gets around here, um, they're talking about the rumor of a quarterback uh, trade uh, to bring a guy in who has legal issues hovering over him right now. Uh, you're talking about a team that we really didn't get to see perform in the preseason. The frontline players were 
you know, kept behind cloak and dagger. They, we didn't get to see them much in the preseason. So to start off like this, this fan base deserve this feel-good moment. And, and hopefully this is just a small sliver of what's to come. I mean, Devin, look back on those openers with the Eagles. I, I do go back to that Carson Wentz, or excuse me, that uh, that uh, Chip Kelly era when we watched that first half of football where they were just rattling off plays every 15 seconds, it seemed like, if that. Yeah, and yeah. you were just really waiting to see what the rest of that season would bear. And that's when, of course, you saw Nick Foles come in and all that whole thing after uh, Mike Vick got hurt. But really, it, it has been a sight for sore eyes to see this many weapons on the offense. If, of course, it does end up working out for the rest of the season, this was a great preview of what you could be seeing for the rest of this year. Oh, absolutely. And this was going to be kind of my closing remark, but um, the Eagles were fun. I had fun watching them today for the first time since Jalen Hurts played in that one game last season. So, or the first time he went in last mm. season. Uh, last season was not just abysmal record wise, but watching them was painful. Watching Carson Wentz struggle to connect with literally any player on offense was painful and frustrating to watch. Mm. And I enjoyed watching today's game. And I hope that I can continue to enjoy watching games for the rest of the season because Derek, you're right. I think we deserve it. We've been yeah. through a lot yeah. as hey, Eagles I'm fans. You. I'm telling you, Reed. Oh my goodness. That's a great point in terms of going back to watching the Carson Wentz era, especially over the last two years. We were waiting for the mistake to be made. We were waiting mm -hmm. for the moment that would happen to be like, oh, wait, no, this is where they blow it. This game built as the game went on. I mean, the offense was there in the first half. The defense certainly wasn't. Then the offense helped close it out, and the defense played a thousand times better than they did in the first half. I wasn't waiting for the mistake in this game. I felt mm -hmm. after that first, uh, first quarter especially, Jalen Hurts had this. Now, I didn't know if they were going to win the game because of him necessarily, but I, here's what the bigger point is. I didn't feel like they were going to lose it because of their quarterback either. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, was the ultimate comforting factor going throughout this game is I never felt like, oh, wait, here comes that play where they fumble mm -hmm. at the wrong time or there's a bonehead call from the sideline or it was just a mistake by somebody in the offense that coughed up the game or somebody defensively speaking was going to get beat off, they get the break speed off them in coverage, and then we're going to lose the game that way. I wasn't anticipating the mistake. I was only anticipating mm -hmm. the next big play. And especially mm -hmm. the turnover late in that game, how many times did we watch in the Super Bowl year the defense came up with a game-sealing interception, right. fumble recovery, whatever it was, to nullify any momentum that the opposing team was trying to start up? Mm -hmm. I, I think this was a great test to get them ready for something that's going to be much more intense much more in rugged one week from today because you look at what these 49ers did against Detroit in this game today. They they were manhandling Detroit. Now, it turned out to be a much closer game. I think it was 41-33, but that game was decided by halftime. And, you know, the 49ers, especially defensively, are healthy right now. And that's what they were lacking last year, same as the Eagles. They were not healthy last year, and it cost the 49ers a trip to the playoffs. It cost them a winning season. But now this 49ers team is um, a lot healthier. And I think with the confidence these young kids built in this game, they're going in this next game thinking, hey, we can hang with these 49ers. Okay, you can talk about it all week. But, you know, a lot of us who have watched the 49ers play and watch NFL football will say, you know, you got to show me because seven days from today, you're going to earn your stripes. You know, this was a nice tune-up, great way, almost flawless except, except the penalties. Uh, but next week, you're going to earn your stripes. You better bring your brass knuckles. You better bring your chains because it's going to be that kind of knockdown, dragout, backyard brawl come next Sunday. <laughs>
Yeah, I put it out there. Yes, I put it out there. It's going to be like WWE, MMA, all that combined in one. If you want to get physical, 49ers get physical. You want to win the game, you got to get physical with a team like the 49ers. I, I guess we can. I guess we can expect then. So this is what we'll see next week. So uh, Devin, instead of Nick Sirianni instructing his team to embrace and shake hands and dab it up, whatever, as Lane Johnson was saying, he's going to say arm wrestle your teammate. He's going to say tackle <laughs> exactly. your teammate. Just, exactly. just make sure your make sure your teammate has the brass knuckles before they hey, go look, out. No, he's, he's going to say hey. everyone do rock paper scissors with each other, but what? take it really seriously. What? Take it personal. You know, he's like he Nick Sirianni will be an actual rock, rock actual scissors. scissors. Yes, yes, I know. Yeah. This, 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 <laughs> hey, this is this is ball. This is not ballroom dancing. This is backyard brawling. And you better get ready for some backyard brawls. You got that game. You got a huge divisional game coming up in front of a national audience. And then you got another game coming up against Patrick Mahomes and his crew. You, you better bring it. You better bring it to the table. You know, you can yeah. save all the pleasantries for January, February when the season is all said and done. It's all about bid and not business. By business right now. Business. Take care of business. Take care of that business. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Step to the uh, Gunner, Take care of that business. Yes. Uh, on, on your point, you're right. 41 to 33 in favor of the uh, San Francisco 49ers who are playing on the road at Detroit. Right. Uh, Jared Goff threw 57 passes in that game, just a side note. But Jimmy Garoppolo, talk about the quarterback for a second. Jimmy Garoppolo started that game and was the quarterback of yes. the San Francisco 49ers. However, Trey Lance was sprinkled in the offense similarly yes. to the yep. way Jalen Hurts was last year with Carson Wentz as a starting quarterback. Right. So you're gonna you're gonna, it's gonna be a guessy game until I think they realize Absolutely. Trey Lance needs to take things over. But at the same time, you're gonna be seeing something very similar to what you saw last year. Now that's yep. not gonna help a guy like Jonathan Gannon per se because he wasn't here. However, right. defensively speaking, this defense might be well suited for something like that, considering that's what they went up so many times against last year during practice, mm -hmm. where they had Carson Wentz. But then you mm -hmm. saw the little smattering of Jalen Hurts throughout. Right, so right. this is going to be something very similar to what the Eagles saw last year in practice, albeit. But still, they'll know how to defend it from a veteran player standpoint. And I'm sure Jonathan Gannon, if he shows us anything right, like he right. showed us today, adjustments, man, adjustments. Yeah, do your homework, you know, and bring it to the table. Plain and simple. Do your homework. Study the tendencies. You know what Garoppolo is all about. You're getting, uh, you're gonna, you don't really have a, a great sample of the new young quarterback the 49ers have, but. They, they already showed you their hand in terms of how they like to utilize him. And the kid can play. You know, they, they, they thought he was one of the – probably the most unpolished of the first-round quarterbacks who came out. But, you know, I've, I watched him a couple of times in the preseason. Again, it's all vanilla. And then I saw one of his highlights earlier today, um, you know, touch, touchdown pass that he threw. This kid didn't look unpolished to me. And then, you know, again, kudos to Kyle Shanahan for knowing how to use him, when to use him, and, and playing to his strengths, just like Sirianni did – with Jalen Hurts over 60 minutes today. Mm -hmm. It was just from top to bottom just for today for Jalen Hurts. Right. It was a clean right. game. But again, going back to those that 49ers right. team, I'm looking forward to see what they bring right. to the table here in Philadelphia because it will be a home game, obviously, for the Eagles on their right. home opener. One o'clock, obviously, a week from today. But I, I, I don't fault Eagles fans today if they're feeling themselves a little bit, if they're feeling confident. I feel like a lot of people, Devin, to go back to your point, pleasantly surprised. A lot of yeah. people that tweeted you after the game, pleasantly yeah. surprised was the vibe that they were throwing out there. I feel like at the end of this game, maybe even towards the end of this game, if you can even be that that more confident, I felt like you could hear a collective sigh of relief from Philadelphia Eagles fans. Nick Sirianni was not nervous, Nicky, that we saw in press conference number one when he was introduced. You certainly saw a, a good game plan installed that was coming together offensively speaking. 
We can't go back enough to how the defense is adjusted from the first half to the second half. Jalen Hurts, calm, cool, collected mm-hmm. to talk about Nick Sirianni. Or, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lane Johnson and what he said about his quarterback. I feel like you could really hear that sigh of relief by Philadelphia Eagles fans across the country. A hundred percent. And, you know, just going back to Super Bowl year, Lane Johnson, who was on the show earlier, we thrive off being underdogs. And I think I love that a lot of people are still doubting us, uh, especially in, you know, national media, people who aren't actually fans looking at this team from the outside. People are saying we weren't going to win a game. If we did, it would just be a few last place in the division. And uh, there's nothing I love more than proving people wrong as an mm-hmm. Eagles fan. And I hope that we continue to do that. That's what I heard Farzetta say. The Eagles are going to win two games. I'm just letting you know right now. <laughs> I heard, I've heard him say that all, all spring, all summer, that the uh, Eagles would be lucky to win two games. I will show the tweet, Gunner. I swear I will show the tweet. I'm uh, just kidding, fans. He never said it. <laughs> I think I said Nick Sirianni fired after week two. I think that's where yeah, I went. Uh, Jalen Hurts will be traded. Uh, I think that's yeah. what I said by week mm-hmm. three. Uh, another thing, though, we go about the, the just again the Super Bowl year. That run by Miles Sanders was nice. The run, the guy that was running in front of him, clearing the lane for him, Jason Kelsey. I don't believe yeah, what yeah, was yeah. a thirty-one yard run. Jason yeah. Kelsey clearing the path. To, uh, he picked up three human That's right. beings That's right. as if they were <laughs> like as if they were rag dolls to use that old tired cliche. And just mm-hmm. said, no, sir, excuse me, and picked them up and removed them from existence in the lane for uh, Miles Sanders. He has not lost a step. And now he's a bleach blonde, so go figure. So apparently that blonde's, having, the game. It, yeah. that blonde's having a lot more fun. What can I say? Oh, jeez. You had to throw that in. You know, no question one, about just it. Just one more, you yeah. Know, for a guy who has talked about retirement for the last couple of years, obviously, you know, and, and, and all I've never known about Jason Kelsey is – when he steps between the stripes, he's all about business, you know. Um, and, you know, obviously he's at this stage of his career. He has his money. He has his ring, you know, and the body now, especially you look at a lot of players retiring a lot younger, uh, you know, and, and talking about how I want to be able to walk and, and play with my kids and enjoy my life after football, you know. And I understand why Jason Kelsey has openly talked about retirement for the last uh, couple of years now, but he's back. And Jason Kelsey is still at the top of his game. He is still one of the best centers in the National Football League. And that one play epitomizes what you were talking about. A guy who's over 30 years of age getting out there in open space the way he did and pinballing two or three guys so his running back can pick up additional yards. It was absolutely – it was Vince's Jason Kelsey. And one of the things I was hoping – I know we can talk a lot about the screen game and how great it was under Brian Westbrook to go back to that. But when I was hearing it so often in the preseason from Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell or even Nick Sirianni or Shane Steichen, their offensive coordinator, one of the things I was really rooting for is that we would see it, not just because they have talent like Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell and all that, but Jason Kelsey has earned multiple Pro Bowl uh, appearances because he's so good at getting off the line of scrimmage. And every time you have him back, he's not at his best. He's pretty damn good, but he's not at his best. The thing that makes him a special player, and the reason they wanted to draft him all those years ago, right, was simply because he could get off the line of scrimmage and he was quick getting downfield. Here we are, how many years? Uh, Ten years later, twelve years later, and he is still getting it done at just that high level again and again. Yeah, but don't don't forget that it wasn't that long ago. Even during their Super Bowl run, when people were still chastising him for being undersized and being manhandled by three hundred ten. 315, 320-pound defensive tackles, you know, and, and talking about how inconsistent his play was. But over the last couple of years in particular, um, he has been the model of consistency. He has proven that game in and game out that, you know, despite what you may think about 
yeah, the offensive line across the board, despite the deficiencies in the offensive line across the board, that he still comes to the table and brings it every play. And even though he's undersized, you know, don't don't misjudge that dog in the fight because he's still got a lot of fight left in him. Uh, certainly. And I mean, I don't know why this blonde thing is happening for the Eagles with Zach Ertz. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not against it. Devin, any inside information on this? You know, blondes have more fun, and clearly they're all realizing it. Um, I, I actually dig Zachary's blonde hair. I know a lot of people weren't fans right, right. when we first saw it, when he first unveiled it. Um, I like it because I feel, especially for him, I know Zach Ertz kind of had like a rocky off season. We weren't sure if he was going to return. And then I felt like it was like a kid coming back after summer mm -hmm. break and he's kind of <laughs> changed himself. You know, he went to camp and he, he met new people and he's kind of a little edgy now. So <laughs> I like it. Hey, Mark, I think you and Ashley tried the blonde look. The blonde, oh, the blonde, the blonde yeah. scalp look. Just yeah. I, I, give it a shot. <laughs> Yeah, Devin, congratulations on you. You definitely have the, the greatest hair on the show. There's no doubt about that. Oh, no question. <laughs> Hands down. No question about that. But, but you're right. You. No, I, Devin, that is the perfect way to summer. It was like he went through that summer camp, met new friends, mm -hmm. made new friends, came back badass is what it yeah. felt like. He, he's yeah. almost punk rock, yeah. like 80s punk rock. And then right. Jason Kelsey jumps on it as well. But I, I will say, in, in all the, the light we make of it and all that stuff, lightheartedness about it, bottom line is, like, these guys just want to have fun. Yeah. And when you when you start getting up there in age as a football player and Gunnar, I know you've talked to your fair share of people that started to get up there in age as football players and start to think back on their careers. If they maintain that type of fun atmosphere, that type of chemistry that you saw during the Super Bowl run, like a guy like Chris Long, for instance, that guy was always just having fun, whether yeah. it was, um, you know, stretching next to certain players during pregame warmups. Or it was building a shrine to Nick Foles in the locker room. <laughs> keep keep the mood light. If you play tight, you're going to end up making mistakes. And one thing I certainly think the veterans of this team has done, and Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni has been smart enough to get out of the way to allow them to do it, is just let these guys keep having fun. They let them do it throughout the preseason. They let them do it throughout the offseason. You go into this first game, and you got Nick Sirianni on the sidelines playing air guitar with Jalen Hurts. Right, that right. that's fun right there. And that's the type of football I know we all can get used to seeing. It's as demanding physically and mentally as this game is. You know, it's a lot more fun when you're winning. It becomes a grind on you when you're losing. It's not fun when you're losing. I don't care how much money you make. And I know a lot of people think athletes just play the game for the money. That's not true. You know, they play the game for the glory of the game. They like they're like they want to be a part of a legacy of a winning environment, a winning atmosphere, a changing a culture in a lot of cases in, in, in organizations. And, you know, it, it, when you're when you're beaten down and you're losing, that's not fun. It's not fun to go to work. It's not fun to be in a locker room studying film. But when you're fun, everybody's laughing. Everybody's having a good time, you know, and, and let's keep that good vibe going. You know, let, let's see how far we can take this thing. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it seems like everyone's on the same page. I'll say right. that there, there wasn't really one instance in this game. I mean, other than the penalties, which are most you know, individualized, but there wasn't yeah, one right. point really yeah. in this game. Like even the underthrow uh, to Dallas Goddard down the sideline right. in the first right. quarter. That was where I started to think to myself, the wheels started turning just a little bit as I approached the panic button in my very panic written brain. Uh, as I look at that particular play, I start to right. think about, oh, maybe the preseason matters here. Maybe being on the same page as Dallas Goddard would help on that. Yep. He was interfered yep. with. He yep. was on the play. Yep. So that particular play, you might think, oh, it was the timing route when they showed the replay of it. Uh, um, you notice that he was held on the play a little bit on that uh, little comeback route that he was running. Uh, another replay, by the way, that uh, I'm glad it didn't get overturned or, or reviewed 
was the yep. Zach Ertz 30 or 23 yard reception down the right, sideline. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're Art Smith and you see Zach Ertz sprinting back to the line of scrimmage after that play, don't you on that note have to know to throw the challenge flag? True. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad he did True. it. But the minute I see a player jump up off the ground, if I'm on Atlanta radio, if I'm Atlanta mm-hmm. radio host or whatever, like uh, Hugh Douglas, who is ta- we've talked to recently, right? He's when he jumps up off the field, and starts running. You throw it because you know he knows he didn't mm-hmm. catch it. Right. And they got the playoff. Mm-hmm. It later under review. They didn't go under review, but later when it was reviewed by the TV audience, he didn't catch that football. I thought the Eagles got away with one when when Goddard caught that touchdown because when I looked at that review several times. I'm telling you, the nose of that ball touched the ground. He juggled it, and I'm like, "Don't call it! Don't call it! Don't call it!" Yeah, I thought he got. I thought he got away with one there. You know? Well, sh- shout out to the Falcons for having black end zones because that's yeah, probably yeah. like the least strategic move yep. one could make, mm-hmm. and that oh, I think absolutely. is truly why they allowed that touchdown to yep. stay. So. Well, you know what? It will goes around comes around. If you remember, some years ago on Sunday Night Football, Eagles went into Atlanta. There was an inter- interception. That was not an interception, and it wasn't overturned because they didn't have the right angle on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, I, I and I know for a fact after the game, the uh, producer of Sunday Night Football, Fred Gidelli, texted Andy Reid and said, "Our bad on that one. We didn't have the review. That's wow. when you had. That's when you had TV reviewing right. the plays right. for the NFL, which always was just weird to me. But that's when you had TV reviewing everything for uh, New York instead of New York mm. having the war room, as they say. Um, but yeah, there was a couple of different angles that that weren't shown. I will say. On the Dallas Goddard play, I thought one on the second touchdown pass from Jalen Hurts to him, uh, or Jalen Hurts' second touchdown pass, I thought great throw by Hurts to put it in a spot where only his guy could get it. Great extension and catch by Dallas Goddard to come down with it. And I did not think it was going to be overturned for two reasons. One, the ball's allowed to touch the ground as long as the player has control of it. And second, they didn't have the conclusive evidence to show that the ball was moving while it was on the ground. So I thought that's why the play ended up standing. And also... Devin nail on the head, the the, the black end zones. Right. <laughs> That's ultimately what also yeah. helps in that whole situation. Take every advantage you can get when you get them. All the coaching, all the game planning, and you know what? They never thought to maybe not paint the end zones black, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, we'll give you our final thoughts on this Eagles victory as they start out the season with a win. We'll also talk about the San Francisco 49ers, their next opponent who they kick off with in South Philadelphia coming up at 1 o'clock on Sunday, a week from today. All that and more when we return right here on Live Post Game Show. Do want to tell the fine people, don't forget, Stateside Vodka fuels this program. See the uh, scroll below and use promo code POSTGAME for $5 off a one-liter bottle. Go to statesidevodka.com. More Live Post Game Show when we return. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. 
Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Hi, this is Dom Giordano with a big question. Do you have a roadmap to navigate retirement income planning successfully? You do not get a do-over. And there are a lot of things to consider. Start with the question, when should I take Social Security? Then you have to think about, will my RMDs cause excessive taxation? Will I get Medicare surcharges? Should you consider a Roth conversion? Now, those are just some of the things that you have to consider. That's why to answer all these questions, I recommend Thrive Financial Services. These folks know how to put all these puzzle pieces together. They'll give you peace of mind, and then you can really enjoy retirement. So call my friends, David Bazaar and Brett Elam, and their team at Thrive Financial Services. Call them now, 215-874-0360. Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right, you could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. Welcome back to Post Game Live Show here with Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, here's truly Mark Farzetta. Our thanks to John McClellan who joined us earlier in the program and Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson. Both of those guys joined us all the way from Atlanta as the Eagles opened up the season with a 32-6 to victory. Not too shabby, not too shabby at all. Uh, don't forget, we are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go Birds. Uh, before we give away our game balls and our final thoughts on today's game, uh, I do want to mention this. San Francisco 49ers come to town. One o'clock kickoff on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm sure all of South Philadelphia will be losing their minds, tailgates, and everything. Everybody having themselves a good time. When it comes to the San Francisco 49ers team, we were talking about the quarter pl- quarterback play earlier. I really can't think of a better example than what we literally saw last year in right here in Philadelphia. That is a well-coached team. The matchup I'm going to be looking for next week, Gunnar, Devin, I don't know what you guys will be looking for, but when it comes to what I'll be looking for, it's not even the guys on the field. It'll be the guys on the sidelines, really. For Mm -hmm. me, this is going to come down to Kyle Shanahan versus Jonathan Gannon. We're going to be looking at the play caller of the San Francisco 49ers against the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think there's going to be one really good offensive mind versus a defensive mind that is trying to make a name for himself in the NFL that's the matchup I'm going to be looking for in that game. Gunner, when it comes to next week's game against San Francisco, what will you be looking for? Debo Samuels against that Eagles secondary, particularly probably Darius Slay. Uh, he had like 180-something yards catching a day, I believe it was. Oof. You know, of course, it was against Detroit's defense. You know, <laughs> But still, this kid can flat-out fly. You know, And if they get him the ball, he is so good in space once he gets the ball in terms of getting up the yak uh, after a catch. So that's going to be an intriguing matchup to me. Um, as well, watching it. Yeah. Uh, Devin, every time I think of San Francisco, when I think about that offense, I think of George Kittle and what he can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Eagles have had their history struggling against uh, tight ends, and he happens to be one of the best, if not the best, in football. 
Yeah, um, I, I am a little bit concerned about our defense as a whole. I mean, you mentioned Jonathan Gannon versus Shanahan, and I think um, I'll be watching that, but uh, a little bit timidly because I I know that we're all sunshine and positivity, and I'm happy with the outcome of the game today, but um, I'm still not completely sold, um, so we'll see. <laughs> Are you meditating, D-Gun? Was that yeah, a... <laughs> yeah, I'm in a positive place. I'm in Camelot today. Wow. I, mean, I didn't mean wow. to interrupt your train of thought, but I'm just oh, no, 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 what you were saying. It's, it, everything is everything is just perfect today. It's, a, a, it's the perfect world we live in. Is, is my is my negativity contagious? Did it go through? Was it also on the World Wide Web going over Devin's not place? Even, not even you can bring me down a day. <laughs> not even you. Look, I, all I'm saying is I have been so traumatized by the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles yeah. so many times, especially last season, that while we did get a good win today, I do think next week will be a test, especially for the defense. I think mm -hmm. if they can stop the 49ers – offense from getting hot uh like you mentioned tight ends like control that then then maybe i'll be a little, a little bit more optimistic right now yeah. i'm cautiously optimistic mm. so all right we we touched on this briefly before and Devin, if, if you want the guy you can take the guy because i have an, another guy that's popped <laughs> into my head another guy's popped in my head i started off the show praising this individual but we're going to give give away game balls here ladies and gentlemen Devin, you can lead us off who gets the Devin caney game ball for the eagles win today to start off their season against the atlanta falcons well, I, I wasn't going to give it to the punter because, you know, we already mentioned him, but here I'll give him props again. I'm giving my game ball to Jalen Hurts because he was cool, calm, collected, an absolute leader. I loved everything I saw from him. Uh, never seemed to break a sweat, never got frazzled, um, even under pressure situations. And I was just really, really impressed all around by Jalen Hurts. Um, so he gets my game ball. Punter gets the runner up game ball. Love it. Love it. Gunner, who you got? I'm going to go with an obvious. I'm going to say Devonta Smith. You know, his first catch as a professional is a, is a touchdown. He, what, five catches, 70-something yards. Uh, and he showed that he can. he's acclimated himself well. Uh, he's not afraid of the big time in the NFL. You know, when you're a first-round draft pick and a Heisman Trophy winner, you better be a little bit different than everybody else. So I'm going to give it to him this week. All right, that's a great one. Uh, again, yeah. honorable mention to uh, the punter, Sipras, again. A phenomenal game. <laughs> <The punter. laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But ladies and gentlemen, oh I got to go Javon Hargrave. Okay. Javon All Hargrave. Right. I mean, first off, we got to give some love to the defense. They only allowed six points. Right. So, right. you know, it's, right. it's exciting. Yeah. Javon Hargrave, ladies and gentlemen, as we were ripping the defensive line, and he was part of it, he was also one of the guys to step up. Brandon Graham had a great tackle right. for loss during that right. opening drive as well. You needed to see that. But Javon Hargrave, in their first opportunity to score a touchdown, put the center on roller skates, pushed him back into, uh, into Matt Ryan, who forced a bad throw on a play that ended up getting broken up by Derek Barnett, one of the guys that helped break it up. And, and Kayvon Wallace was in on it as well. That's what you needed to see from the defensive line in that particular play. And Javon Hargrave mm -hmm. was the guy that actually came up and made that play. Then, guess what? He got two things that actually show up in the stat book called sacks. He got two of them as the yep. game went on today. Yep. Javon Hargrave was the only defensive lineman of my no that I noticed that played all four quarters at a very high level. So I go Javon okay. Hargrave gets my football today. Gets gonna gets my game ball. Uh, final thoughts. We got uh, about uh, a minute left here for some final thoughts or our takeaways from this game. Devin, mm. I'll start it off with you. When you look at today's game, what will you be taking into next week? That I had fun watching the Eagles for the first time in a very long time, and I'm gonna take that with me. You know. Again, I feel like the theme of this 
of this show has been positivity, rays of sunshine. So I'm going to stick with that. And I'm going to focus on the fact that I enjoyed watching Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and again, pleasantly surprised by Jalen Hurts, by Nick Sirianni, by the play calling, um, penalties and run defense, a little rocky. Hopefully we can improve that. But that's what I'm taking with me into next week. Gunner, what do you got? That we see an offense with uh, versatility and interchangeable parts and a quarterback um, that the that the head coach has streamlined his offense to suit his strengths. And because of his ability, not just to throw from the pocket, but to throw on him uh, when he's moving and to step up and run and a young energetic weapons he has around him. I think that's going to uh, boat this team well uh, for future contests down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, thing I take away from this game today that I'll take into next week against San Francisco 49ers adjustments defensively mm -hmm. speaking above all else adjustments mm -hmm. getting blown off the football in the first half. They turned that around after giving up a hundred yards in the first half. Will they give it 65 in the second? They yeah. turned things around hundred plus, excuse me, in the first half. They turned things around defensively. They stacked the box when they needed to stack the box. They made the adjustments necessary. They weren't uh, stubborn. They weren't hard-headed about it. Oh, wait, we made a mistake. We need to make the adjustment. Let's do that. And they certainly did that in the second and a half against right. the Atlanta Falcons. That's right. what I'll take in the next week. If it doesn't start out well, they'll make the adjustments to make sure that it ends well. For Devin Caney, Derek, I'll just say this, guys. Right out of the gate, had a blast with you guys. Like our first week doing this. Great times. Great times and plenty more to be had with 16 more games to go just during the regular season. That's only the regular season. There may be some games after that called postseason. Anyway, maybe Gunner, Devin, a pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for watching on 6abc.com as well as Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, for Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, John McMullen, Lane Johnson, my name is Mark Farzad. I look forward to speaking to you guys next week, hopefully, after another Eagles victory against the San Francisco 49ers. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hey everybody, this is Krause of the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thanks for watching this video. And before we do anything else, make sure you watch, like, and subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel and leave a comment below that you are subscribed. This video is all about our big 2021 season ticket holder giveaway. That's right, we're giving away a pair of Eagle season tickets for the entire season You'll go to all eight games at the link. Now, here are the rules. Remember, first, like, share, and subscribe. Let us know below that you have subscribed to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You must follow all of the rules leading up to our giveaway, which will take place on Friday, September 17th. More on that in a moment. You must confirm in the description of this video that you are subscribed. And on Friday night, September 17th, starting at 7 p.m., when we'll do a live broadcast right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you must be present on that Friday night. Again, a pair of Eagle season tickets for the 2021 season. You're going to absolutely, absolutely love it.
why is Jacob Media giving away a pair of Eagle season tickets on behalf of all of our subscribers, our new subscribers, and those subscribers who have been with us from the very beginning. This is our way of saying thank you. But wait, there's more. Thursday night on September 16th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Screwballs in King of Prussia. So if you're from the Philadelphia region, get the Screwballs in King of Prussia. Five pairs of opening tickets for the game against San, Fran uh, the game against San Francisco. Eagles jerseys, giveaways, bus trip details, all kinds of great stuff coming out. And oh, by the way, we're going to begin registering for our trip to Las Vegas when the Eagles go in to Vegas to play the Raiders. All of this compliments and courtesy of Jacob Media Sports. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.